0: Amen. Will you give the Lord a hand real quick? Honk them horns. Come on. We're so grateful for some of you like that too much, but we're grateful for all of you guys. Thank you again for being here. And again, if you're new to Grace, maybe you've never been with us before, go to gracebaptistfamily.com, that Grace at Home tab. Fill out those three little blanks, those four little blanks there, and let us know that you're with us, and we're going to donate $5 to the Gleaners House over in Henderson. But we're grateful for all of you guys. We're grateful for Scott leading worship uh, for us this morning. You know, some people are just naturally optimistic, right? Some people, they just naturally always see the sunny side, and they just always, I don't know, just so optimistic. And now for people like me who sometimes... Occasionally, once in a while, can slip over into pessimism or negativity. Some people who are just always optimistic about everything, you kind of get on our nerves. Amen. So, listen. Let's do something. Say, "Hey, I'm an I'm optimistic, right? I'm optimistic." Lie to your wife. Lie to your husband. They know better, but just tell them. Say, "Hey, I'm I'm op- I'm optimistic, but I don't know about you, but me." I can kind of default. If I get around negative people, I lose all my energy, my willpower to resist, and I just kind of become kind of grumbly, grumbly myself. I can drift that way, right? Now, I don't want to be like that, but I also don't want to be what the Kelly family calls a giddy. A giddy. I've told you guys uh, we call it a giddy. A giddy idiot. Right? That's just giddy when when there's no reason to be giddy, when there's things that are concerning, there are problems, and it's just like, oh, I'm a giddy, giddy, a giddy idiot. I don't want to be like that, but I want to have faith for the future and because God has promised us a future and a hope. And so, I mean, how all of us, as soon as I start talking about negative, critical, condescending people. All of us have somebody that we picture, right? Uh, We have somebody that kind of comes to mind like, yeah, this person right here but in the world today if you just look around there's plenty of negativity and criticism and a critical spirit i mean just go online for just a minute right the economy is doomed the morals in the country is going out the window church is, i mean schools are just uh, the worst and you can't trust anybody churches are dying left and right and evidently the government is trying to kill us i mean there's all kinds of negativity critical thinking, and, and for every viewpoint that's out there, like somebody says, hey, I think this, then there's somebody else that's like, you're an idiot because I think the other way. There's so much of that, so much pessimism about the future, negativity about what God is doing right here, right now. The reality is there are a lot of things in the world that are wrong, and as Christians, we're not sticking in our, our head in the sand and, and pretend like a gideon and pretending like that's not true and that's not the case. But at the same time, if we would just open our eyes to the truth that God is still working, God is still moving, and God is doing things in the life of his people and in this world. So while there are things that are going on, even now that are wrong, many things are right. We often find what we're looking for. Now, I've used this illustration before. Preachers have used this millions of times because it works so well. The illustration of a, a buzzard or a hummingbird. Like, which one do you want to be? Do you want to be a buzzard or a hummingbird? A buzzard goes around looking for what? Dead things. So what does a buzzard find? Dead things. A hummingbird goes around looking for what? Sweet things. So what does a hummingbird find? Sweet things. You're going to find what you are looking for. Now that's not just some stupid preacher illustration. It's Bible. Proverbs 11 verse 27 says, he who earnestly seeks good finds favor. If you're looking for good, you're going to find it. But trouble will come to him who seeks evil. You want to be miserable? You can be miserable. You can go on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and find plenty of things to be miserable about. But if you want to find good, you can find that too. It's all about what you're looking for. And what's funny is me, there's probably some of you, maybe watching online, again, thank you guys for watching online, those of you who are here, but they, some of you have probably already decided that you hate this service, or you hate this sermon, it's just like the preacher, you know, the greeters were dressed better than the preacher, and, and I, don't, I don't, it's just optimism, and I don't like that, I just want to talk about something that's real. I don't want you to know that's what we're doing this morning, Right? My faith, my faith in Christ isn't based on how I feel because I don't always feel good. I just shared with you, sometimes, man, I drift way over here into pessimism and negativity and I get drowned. That's why I like to spend time with positive people. Like if you've ever thought, like, Brother Marcus doesn't seem to want to spend time with me. That might that, that might be the reason. Because when I get around negativity, I just I just lose all my energy. Right? When I'm around positive people, I feed off that as well. So my faith in God is not based on how I feel. My faith for the future and everything that God is doing is based on what God says on the word of God. God. So again, I want to remind you go to gracebaptistfamily.com, uh, grace at home. You can follow along with our sermon right here. But my faith isn't based on what I feel, it's based on what God says. I'm, exi- I'm excited about the future because God tells us in His Word we've got a lot to be excited about. So I'm going to look at one chapter in one book in all of the Bible, and it gives us like a million things that we could be happy about and excited about when it comes to the future. I'm going to be in Romans chapter number eight. Now, not and again. Not based on what we feel. We're going to look at what God's word says about our future and the fact that we can have faith in the future. Are you ready, honky horn? Honky, say amen. Online, if you're online, just type in amen or something, or type in honk if you want to, so you can feel like you're actually here at the drive-in service. So. The first thing we're going to look at, the reason why I can have faith for the future is because my sins are forgiven and my future is secure. I can have faith for the future, right, because my sins are forgiven and I am secure in Christ. Look with me at Romans chapter 8. I'm going to start in verse number 1. Romans chapter 8, verse number 1. It says, there's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For those of you who have truly called on Jesus Christ to save you, you've been made new in Christ, your sins are forgiven, and your future is secure, and there just ain't nothing you can do about it. And that's good, good news. And I can't speak for you, but as for me, I've been forgiven of a lot. And the fact that God has forgiven me of so much gives me hope, right? Gives me optimism, gives me faith for the future when I see what God has done for me. He shed his blood so that I could be forgiven, risen from the dead so that I could be made new. It makes me excited to know that my sins are forgiven and my security in him is absolutely secure. I can have faith for tomorrow. The second reason is because Jesus is praying for me right now. Not just because, unless my sins are forgiven, right, my eternity is secure in Christ, but to know that Jesus is literally, he knows that we're here right now and he is praying for us. That makes me incredibly optimistic. Look at Romans chapter 8, verse 34. The Bible says, Paul wrote this, he said, Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Now, I don't know about you, man, but sometimes when somebody that's like really godly, you know those people, right? I mean, they just, they drip heaven. Right? I mean, they're just, you know, they spend time with Jesus. Right? They know how to pray heaven down to earth. When, when a person like that says, hey, Brother Marcus, man, I'm praying for you. Pastor Marcus, I want you to know, man, me and my family, we're praying for you. That gets me pretty excited, right? I feel like I can do almost anything. But what makes me even more excited than that is to know that Jesus Christ, the sinless Lamb of God, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, is at the right hand of our Heavenly Father interceding for me even in this moment. That gives me a lot of faith, man, for the future because Jesus is praying for me and he's praying for you. The third reason is because my future is greater than my present. I can have faith for the future because I know it's going to be better than anything going on today, right? What I'm going through now is just conforming me, shaping me, molding me, making me into the image of Christ so that I'll be more like him. Go down to verse 18, Romans 8 verse 18. It says, for, Paul says, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Now, again, some of you are probably like, well, that's easy to say. Or maybe you would think that's easy for Paul to say. But if you think that, then you don't know Paul's story very well. Paul was beaten. He was in prison. He was accused. He was arrested. He was whipped. He was beat so bad they left him for dead. Why? Because he looked dead. They thought he was dead. They left him for dead. He was shipwrecked. The apostle Paul was tortured because he would not deny Christ. And yet that apostle Paul says, nothing that I'm going through now, none of the beatings, the whippings, the scourgings, being left from dead, uh, snake bitten, being shipwrecked, none of these things are even worthy to be compared to what I will have someday in Christ Jesus. See, what you're going through right now is difficult. Many of you are going through difficult things, and that's real, and we're not minimizing that. Life is hard, right? There are things that are hard, and they're difficult. You're, you're not supposed to be a idiot just pretending like everything is okay, right? Life, life is hard. But what the Word of God teaches us is that while we have difficulties now, think about how great some of your difficulties have been. That's not even worthy of being mentioned in the same sentence with what God has waiting for us in the future. It's incredible. From an eternal perspective, it's not even worth comparing, man, what we're going through now. Uh, the half-brother of Jesus, James chapter number 1 and verse 2 says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. I have faith for the future because that's how good my God is, that my future victory, his future victory is assured, no matter what my present circumstances, no matter what it looks like right now. And that gives me faith for the future. It also gives me faith for the future for number four, because I have access to the peace of God. Because I have access to the peace of God. In that same chapter, verse number 6, it says this. It says, for to be carnally minded is death, right? To be fleshly minded, sinful minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. See, those of you who have been born into the family of God, you do not have to be dominated by your sinful desires in your flesh. God, you have the Holy Spirit of God. Your mind can be renewed. It can be transformed by the washing and the water of God's word. God's word can renew your mind. And you can stop thinking all those earthly, sinful, fleshly thoughts. You can get an eternal perspective based on God's truth and what God says. Not some pie in the sky, but the reality of God's word. And when we see things from God's perspective, you can have this supernatural peace that surpasses your ability to understand. And some of you, man, and I know it because we've talked about it. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. When you're going through that difficult time, that hard day, that hard week, that hard month, that hard year, where sometimes you didn't even know how you were going to get through, you didn't know what, what tomorrow was going to bring. But yet somehow, someway, God came through and he gave you that peace that surpasses all understanding. That as you leaned into him, he gave you his peace. The peace of God can rule my mind. If we choose it, you could choose the peace of God or you could choose the flesh. And that gives me faith for the future. And number five, the reason why I have faith for the future is because God is for me. Who can be against me? God is for me, who can be against me? Romans chapter 8, that same chapter, verse 31, look at it. It says, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not say not with him also freely give us all things. Listen, you think God uh, uh, sacrificed his son, gave the perfect, spotless, sinless son of God, sacrificed him on the cross so that you could be forgiven and redeemed. And now God is just going to leave you here to suffer all by yourself. Says he who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Now let's call it like it is. Who can be against us right now? You could probably, brother Morgan. I think I know some people who are against me. Right? We could probably all come up with a list. Try being a preacher sometimes. The truth is people will criticize you. They will minimize you. They may not like you. They may take shots at you. But the reality is if God is for us, what does it matter? If God is for us, who cares who's against us? If God is calling us to it, then he's going to see us through it. If God is calling us to go, he's going to provide. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks or says. If God is for us, who can be against us? And honestly, who's against us doesn't even matter. But just make sure that what you're doing, you're doing because God wants you to do it. Don't be a jerk-faced Christian. See, some people claim persecution when they're just jerks. You know what I'm talking about, church? Right? They're just they 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 serve. They've got a permanent spot on the lemon-sucking committee, and nobody likes them. And they think it's because while I'm being persecuted for my faith. No, brother, no, sister, you're a jerk. Stop being a jerk and allow yourself to be overcome by the Holy Spirit of God, guided, led, and directed by God's Spirit. But if God is calling you to it, He's going to see you through it. If God has your back, what does it matter what anybody else thinks? If God is for me, who can be against me? I can go to sleep at night knowing that that is true. It gives me faith for the future. Also, number six, because the Holy Spirit helps me in my weakness. I have faith for the future because the Holy Spirit of God Strengthens me when I'm weak. When I am weak, He is strong. Romans chapter 8, verse 24 says, For we were saved in this hope. But hope that is seen is not hope, for why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. The Holy Spirit helps us when we're down. When I'm weak, the Holy Spirit is strong. When I'm hurting, the Holy Spirit is my comforter. When I feel alone, the Holy Spirit is my friend. Whenever I'm weak, the Holy Spirit is strong in us. I can be optimistic. I can have faith for the future because I know I'm not in this alone. I also have faith for the future, number seven, because God is working all things in my life for good. Because God is working all things, man, in our life for good. Look at Romans chapter 8, verse 28. It says, and we know that all things, say all things. I heard, no, don't honk. We know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. Now, the Greek word there, all, means all. It means everything. It means the good things, the bad things, the mediocre things, the things you're glad that happen, the things that you wish had never happened, the thing that right now is the number one concern in your life, even that thing, God is going to bring good out of that. God says he's working for, for good to those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. There's not a thing that's going to happen uh, in your life that God cannot take and transform for his good and for his glory. I often describe it like this, like looking at the backside of a tapestry. Like a beautiful tapestry. If you look at the back, it's a mess. It's a hot mess. There are strings and threads, and and you really can't tell what the image is, and all of that. It's just kind of a mess. That's what this side of eternity kind of looks like. We can't always see exactly. God, this isn't fun. This is doesn't feel good, right? But God's word says He's going to work it for good. And on the other side of eternity, it's almost as if the tapestry is turned around, and we can see what the beautiful thing that God was bringing out of our disaster out of the very thing that we would never hope for. Many of you, you can look back on your life, man, and say, yeah. That thing 10 years ago, that thing I wish I'd never experienced, that thing that I thought was the thing that was going to break me, 10 years later, now I can see God was working and moving and doing things and positioning me and molding me and shaping me and making everything exactly how he saw fit. He's working even when you don't see him. Sometimes you don't feel him. Sometimes you don't see them. Sometimes you begin to think, man, God, are you even working? Do you even hear my prayers? But long before tomorrow ever comes, our good God is already there working it for good. And that gives me faith for the future. And finally, number eight, I have faith for the future because nothing, and I mean nothing, can ever separate me from God's love. For those who are believers in Christ Jesus, there is nothing that can ever separate you from the love of God. Romans chapter 8 look at verse 38. Romans 8:38 says this, "For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in" Christ Jesus our Lord no matter where you go God is there no matter what you do God is there no matter where you've been God was there you cannot outrun his love you cannot run away from his presence I have faith for the future because my good God rules and reigns not because of how I feel church sometimes you just don't feel like it sometimes you don't feel like you're full of faith So I don't base my hope for the future based on my feelings because I feel one way right now, but I'll feel another way come Monday morning. I base my hope for the future on God's Word and His promises because of what he says. I have faith for the future because my sins are forgiven. I have faith because my Savior, Jesus Christ, is sitting at the right hand of God right now and he's interceding for all of us. I have faith for the future because these sufferings that I'm going through right now, they're not worth comparing to the glory that awaits. I have faith for the future because my mind can be filled with the peace of God. I have faith for the future because my God is for me, right? Even if everybody else is against me. I have faith for the future because God's Spirit is working in my weaknesses and He's giving me strength. I have faith for the future because my God is working all things, the good, the bad, the ugly. He's working all things uh, for those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. He's working all those things to good. I have faith for the future because there's nothing, nobody, nothing that can ever separate me from the love of God. I have faith that God's word is going to speak to us. Yes, there's a lot of bad things going on. Yes, there's a lot of difficulties. But we serve a good God. I don't want to be a buzzard Christian always only looking at the negative, the dead things. I want to be a hummingbird believer looking for and seeing the hand of God, our good, good God, who's already in tomorrow, ruling and reigning and preparing. I have faith for the future. Because I know that my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is going to meet me there. Do you know that, God? You can. Will you pray with me real quick? Let's pray. Father God, thank you for your word, for your presence here. God, you're so good. Lord, we thank you for Romans chapter 8. God, that we can be full of faith for the future. Now, God, some of you, you know that you're saved. You know that you've been forgiven. You know that you've done business with God. Let's be honest. Sometimes you don't feel saved. You don't feel like a man of faith. You don't feel like a woman of faith. You don't feel like you've got some great hope for the future. You know, if you're being honest, sometimes you drift to the negative. You drift to the pessimistic, right? You, you can't see God working. And You begin to doubt, is God working? Right? You've, you're guilty. The wrong perspective. And right now, Are you willing to pray and simply call out to God and say, God, rather than drifting away from your word, away from your presence, into clouds of doubt, discouragement, negativity, criticism, and condescending, just, God, instead of that, I want to drift. I want to move towards faith. I want to move towards confidence in who you are and what your word says. God, I want to move towards generosity. God, I want to be an encouragement, not a discouragement to others. I want to encourage. Is that your prayer right now? I want to encourage you. Pray with me right there. Right there in your cars and your trucks and all these mini vehicles and online. Why don't you say this prayer? Just simply call out to your good God. You know him. Say, God, forgive me. Forgive me for my critical, bitter spirit sometimes, angry. Lord, help me to move in the realm of faith and generosity and encouragement. Lord, help me to live, help my life reflect the reality of the confidence that I have in you and your word. God, forgive me for when I doubt you. Lord, give me strength to always trust you, no matter what the circumstances, because you're my good God. Guys, look at me for a second. There's some of you here this morning. You don't know that you're saved. There's some of you that are watching this video right now. You don't know that you're saved. You don't really know. You don't have that confidence. You don't have that assurance. You've never really trusted Christ to save you. It's time. See, some of you, we're talking about, I don't know, I'm talking about having faith and negativity and being an optimist and being a pessimist. Some of you need to change your perspective on how God sees you because some of you, you think you've done too much. You think you've gone too far. You think you've you've seen so much, you've heard so much, you've done so much, you've been so many places that God couldn't possibly love you, right? That he wouldn't even want to save you. Why would he save you? You know how dark your heart is, and God does too. But you're right in a sense because our sin does separate us from God. The Bible says in Isaiah 59 verse 2, your iniquities have separated you from God. So who has separated you from God? Your iniquities. And then it goes on to say, it says, and your sins have hidden his faith from you. In other words, you have created a gulf, a gap, a distance between you and God. You did your sins, your iniquities, because your sin and your iniquities. God can never, holy, righteous, perfect, God can never ignore that. And so our good God is a bridge builder. He fixed a problem you couldn't fix. You can't fix yourself. You can't live with it. You know that you're a sinner by choice and a sinner by nature. But he said his son, born of a virgin. Right? To be that perfect, he lived that perfect, sinless life, to die that perfect, sinless sacrifice. And on the third day he was raised from the dead, so that anyone, anywhere, anytime, any, right here, right now, or even online, anyone, anywhere, anytime, any place who calls on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved. And if there's something in you says, Man, I believe that. I believe that I can be forgiven of my sins. Right? If there's something in you that believes that. I don't want to encourage- I want to encourage you to pray with me right now. Well, if you bow your head and close your eyes for a moment of prayer. Why don't you pray a prayer like this? Humble yourself before God. and stop inflating your sin like it's some obstacle. And elevate God in his goodness and righteousness. And maybe pray a prayer like this say Father God Lord oh God I'm a sinner I sin Lord you know it I know it but Father I turn from my sin and I'm turning to Jesus save me Jesus tell him say Lord I'm putting my faith in your death burial and resurrection for my salvation all of me I surrender to all of you save me Jesus I want you to know that the word of God is clear it says anyone who calls in the name of the Lord shall be saved did you just pray that prayer